Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Star Seminar. I am not your host, Rabble Rouser. I am your host, Danny Phantom, and I will be solo tonight. Uh, Rabble Rouser is tied up at the moment, uh, figuratively, not literally tied up. Um, I at least hope not. Um, I, I don't know his business, but nonetheless, uh, I am here today. I will be joined by a substitute teacher that we will bring on here in a moment. Um, But first off, I just wanted to say that the draft is just two weeks away. Two weeks from today, we'll be looking at the Cowboys will already have made their first round pick and will be planning their picks for day two. it is that close, so I am super excited. You know, honestly, this time of the month is just a, a really exciting time. There is a lot of great things happening. I personally am really stoked about the final season of Better Call Saul, which uh, starts on Monday. So it's been a long hiatus for those guys. Um, I am a huge Breaking Bad fan, um, my favorite show of all time. It should be yours, too. It's just fantastic. So things will finish off with the final season of of Saul. That starts on Monday. And in a couple of weeks, too, we're going to have the final season of Ozark, or at least the second half of the final season of Ozark, which is also another great show. Uh, I don't put it at the level of Breaking Bad, but um, certainly it's, um, it's very entertaining if you're into that sort of thing. Um, I'm also very much into HBO's Winning Time, um, which is the, the story of the the rise of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, for those that may not know, I, I am a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan. Um, and that time of the year, that time of their era is just, uh, you know, I was young when that happened, but um, it's very interesting to, to sit back and, and uh, watch uh, everything that was going on Back then, it was actually based on the book by uh, Jeff Perlman, um, and he—I don't know if you know—but he's the—he wrote the the book, the uh, the Cowboys '90s, uh, "Boys Will Be Boys." And so, I mean, if they ever decide to put together a movie like they are doing, you know, about the Cowboys, the, ni- the '90s Cowboys, like they are doing for 
um, the 80s Lakers, then, I mean, that's just going to be fantastic. So so I am just really excited about those things. Um, I'm also excited about today's show. Uh, I am going to bring on with us today is going to be uh, Tony Thompson. Uh, he is a former writer at Cowboys Wire, and he is someone that uh, I met for the first time when I was down in Oxnard uh, watching training camp. A very uh, high-character guy. Uh, really enjoyed hanging out with Tony and, and Rabs and Tom Ryle. We were down there. We spent time together and uh, just uh, great Cowboys conversations. And so let's bring him on to, to talk some Cowboys, shall we? All right. It is my great privilege to... Uh, Bring on a good buddy of mine, a, a buddy that I met uh, in Oxnard last fall uh, at training camp. Uh, great guy. Um, you may know him on Twitter at No Huddle. Uh, he used to, he's a former writer at Cowboys Wire, and uh, you know we just had KD on uh, last week to talk over the ten draft commandments. So uh, please welcome to the show Tony Thompson. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Uh, a couple things about that. First of all, Katie fired me. Uh, that's not true. Um, and then the other part is I felt bad. I'm listening to the end of that podcast, and it's like, and next week we're going to have John Owning on. And then I'm like, I'm not John Owning. Um, so I, I feel bad. We're, we're robbing Blogging the Boys Nation here by having me instead of uh, the inimitable uh, John Owning. Yeah, yeah, that that is a true statement. Um, yeah, we, we, Twice now we have um, tried to have John on, and twice we've had some some issues. And uh, this this most recent one is a production snafu um, at our end. So nonetheless, uh, I am so glad to have a, a substitute teacher on you know on today's episode of uh, uh, Star Seminar. Uh, Rabs will not be joining us tonight. So Tony. Uh, Thank you for uh, stopping by and uh, talking with me on uh, short notice. Um, the, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is, are you following Jason Garrett on Twitter? Absolutely not, man. Um, oh, God. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a him thing. It's a me thing. I have, like, if I start following too many people on Twitter, I can't read Twitter. It just becomes, like, I'll follow you just to, like, follow you. Um, but, like, I'm not, I'm not reading anything. So, um, no, I'm not. So tell me what I'm missing out on. Well, actually, you know, to be honest, um, you know, he's, I don't expect a lot of tweet action from uh, the former coach, but uh, yeah, he, so he apparently he's just joined Twitter and he did it in, in pretty classy fashion. Well, I'm just paying um, honor to the, the, you know, the late Gary Brown. Um, it was a nice, nice uh, tweet from that was, Garrett. That was terrible news. Terrible news. Yeah. Um, but I know from my talking with you, uh, you know, in, in training camp that, uh, you know, you don't have, you don't share the same opinion of the former coach uh, as I do. So I just like, you know, I, I'm sure I, you know, I, that you wouldn't be chomping at the bit to uh, follow uh, Mr. Mr. Garrett. Uh, yeah. Unless, he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's all class for sure. I just, um, you know, I've got no qualms with Jason Garrett, the human being he's about, you know, he's like that. What's that cliche? Like the guy you want your daughter to marry. I mean, he's like got to be top of that list as far as like good human beings. Uh, but as far as a, a football dude, I'm, I've been out on him and, uh, you know, I just don't need more Twitter following in my life. I got, got this four-year-old running around. So if I spend too much time on Twitter, I'll end up divorced and paying alimony. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't have that. 
that is a fair statement. It's a, it's it's not him. It's you. We'll do, we'll go I mean, with that's that. That's right. Uh, no, one hundred percent. It's me. It's not him. You know, he is a football guy, though. That that is actually his Twitter bio. So uh, just. Uh, I, I did see that uh his you know he's had a bit of a, a fall from grace as a football guy you know you go from head coach to the cowboys to offensive coordinator to the giants to x uh what is it uh is he the usfl announcer or xfl announcer all right so anyway on to our next uh discussion <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah um i was wanting to ask you um so i Earlier, I was telling listeners that I am super excited about um, the final season of Better Call Saul, which starts up on Monday. I don't know if you, by chance, happen to be a fan of that. It's you know, it's only you know the prequel to the best television series ever on TV. Um, you know, in Breaking Bad. But um, I was want to ask you: Are there any shows that's like you're, that you're captivated by right now, or like anticipating anything that you could recommend to to the listeners to a must watch? Uh, sure, I can do that. the The first thing is I I'm one season behind on Better Call Saul because I I started watching it too late, and so it's not the most recent. I guess most, the previous season wasn't on Netflix, so I do need to burn through that so I can uh, watch the final season as it airs. Uh, big fan of that show. Um, not really, dude. Um, I'm a bit uh, lazy when it comes to new TV shows. Like, if we're not, like, three seasons in, I have a hard time, you know, getting behind it in case it disappears on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally caught up on Ozark, um, which I'm not sure if you've watched, but it's funny that you bring up Breaking Bad because it's like, I don't think I can re- recommend it to anybody. It's like a B-tier Breaking Bad, sort of like the minor league version of it, where it's like, it's good, but... Um, you know, I'm never like, I have to watch the next episode. That's never been a thing for that show. Uh, but that wraps up in like two weeks. I think they're having their final uh, right. half season or whatever it is. That's that's about it. But if you want to watch something on uh, Netflix that um, is stupid, but is my favorite show on Netflix, is Cobra Kai. Um, by far the dumbest show I've ever watched, but I love every second of that. Um, that's that's my biggest recommendation. Uh, you know what? I have to, I have to say, Tony, um, you're... you're... Your cred is pretty high with me because, for starters, I agree with your assessment of Ozark 100%. I do like Ozark. I'm excited about the final half of that uh, final uh, season, too. But I do think it's kind of like a, you know, it's not it, not quite, it, it's nowhere as good as Breaking Bad. But it's no. uh, but it's but it gives you a taste. It quenches your thirst yeah. for, if you like that cartel type thing. And, uh, yeah, and there, it doesn't, like, build you up from episode to episode so masterful like no. Breaking Bad did. Uh so I totally agree, but and also too, I I love Cobra Kai. I know I watched oh, dude, it like such a good show. It is. I mean, you're younger than I am, so you you don't you know you didn't like um, grow up watching the Karate Kids and stuff. But I mean, they do such a fantastic job with the way they tie into everything from um, you it's, know from. Uh, I've first of all, how dare you, sir? I've seen the Karate Kid and Karate Kid Two and Karate Kid Three many times in my life, though not in theaters when I was little. But it was one of the few. Uh, Sorry, kids, if you're listening to this, it's called the VHS tape. Um, I had I had those on VHS. Um, yeah, they do a really masterful job of like making uh, sort of the uh, nostalgia uh, pay off in awesome ways. Uh, but yeah, that show is great. I, I bought a YouTube like or at least did a free trial because I burned through it in like two days, like originally to watch uh, on when it was on YouTube. Um, and so I did that for like two seasons. I watched it on YouTube and I was so hyped when it came to Netflix to get the Netflix budget. Uh, but yeah, that, that's by far my favorite dumb show that I've ever watched in my entire life. 
Yeah, I don't even think it's dumb. I think you're. That's uh, I, I think it's. I think it's high quality. I want to. I want to ask you though. I will say this. I was left a little disappointed. Um, and I, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, you might want to just uh, mute yourself or or uh, turn this off for a little bit because there there are, could be spoilers. But I want to ask you how things ended there. I I think they could have really just did a slam dunk with with if they would have ended it a little different. And I want to see what I, your take is on this. Um, when they panned over to a certain individual that, um, you know, that they showed obviously was going to be part of the next season, I would have just jumped out of my chair if it would have been another person. Can you guess? Oh, who- I want to, uh, I have no idea what person uh, you're thinking of. Um, so I would, I would love to know. I am thinking of one Hillary Swank. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, so I've never seen the Hillary Swank one. Uh, what's funny about Hillary Swank is my wife once uh, told me I look like Hillary Swank. Um, and so I don't know what's like make of that. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you know, I don't know. It could be worse. It could be better, I guess. Uh, you know, she's much better looking than me. So I guess that works out. Um, I'll have to go watch yeah. boys, boys don't cry again and, and try to draw a comparison to see. That's, that's, <laughs> that's basically where I came from. Uh, yeah. That's been cool. Um, this season left me a little more flat than the previous one. Um, uh, but like, I'm super amped for, I felt like the next season, um, is going to be like top notch. So anyway, let's yeah. just do a podcast about Cobra Kai, man. Like that's <laughs> what the people, give the people what they want, you know? You know, don't, don't tempt me. I could totally do that. Uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. I, that, so. I do think, you know, and I know I, I will say the last Karate Kid or the next Karate Kid, whatever they call it. And I, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it a couple times and um, obviously, Hillary's went on to win Oscars. She's a, a great actress and stuff. And but that movie is stupid. I mean, there that falls into the just flat out stupid. I mean, they do get stupider as they go. But um, not, nonetheless, Hillary Swank is a she's a BA. I mean, she. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the things she's been in lately. But like, whether obviously million million dollar baby, she's you know she's kicking butt in that. But she's in this movie called The Hunt. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I've not seen it. I would, you know, I would recommend that one too. But she's also there's just the, the fighting scenes intense, and so she could really, I think she could spice things up with some of the action scenes there too. I mean, so I would just love to see that. I don't know if that's in the plans or not, but um, if it is, they would be geniuses, and they've been geniuses so far with the stuff they've been doing. So you know, fingers crossed on I got, that one. I got two last points on Cobra Kai before uh, everybody unsubscribes from this feed because of us. Um, <laughs> number one is I have never been more hyped in my life than when Elizabeth Shue showed back up because Elizabeth Shue is like a childhood, like she's just like a babe from my childhood where you're like Elizabeth Shue, uh, back to the future too. Um, you know, loved Elizabeth Shue, was excited. I just find her uh, super adorable. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, the old, the dumbest part about all of the Karate Kids is how much everybody in the Valley and, uh, you know, Los Angeles, they all seem to love karate. Like, it's like, it's, speaking of football, it's like Texas high school football is somehow karate um, in this universe. And that part will never not crack me up. I mean, they're like selling out like basically an arena to watch kids do, you know, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute and a half of karate. And that part... Um, it never fails to make me laugh. I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Or like they're going to take over LA with Cobra Kai dojos. Uh, to, it's it's so funny. Um, and despite the dumbest premise, um, you know, it's like kind of a dumb premise. Like, hey, karate is the coolest sport in all of California, which we know is not true. Um, but uh, they still land it every time. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Can't believe it. 
Yeah, it's great. To, I, I like it. I, you know, I'm gonna watch it and keep, they keep doing it. As long, if it, if, if as long as it doesn't get, go south, you know, they they're gonna keep me interested. So, um, yeah, it can go south. I'm I'm in, dude. You can't get me off of it. There's, there's <laughs> nothing they can do. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's gonna be good. Rabs is gone one week, and then we're spending like ten minutes talking about Cobra Kai. So, uh, yeah, that's I'm, that's his fault, dude. Blame him. <laughs> All right, let's talk some cowboy stuff. You want to talk some cowboy stuff? Yeah, man, all the time. That's what uh, I want to talk about. All right. So first off, uh, before we get started, we're going to talk a lot of draft stuff today. Um, but I did want to just kind of get, uh, you know, your feel for just how how you're feeling um, with everything going on and uh, with offseason moves and everything. And because this offseason, I don't know, it just seems a little bit more aggravating to fans than others. I don't know. Just maybe, I, maybe I've just forgotten. Uh, but, they, you know, people are upset. So. Are you first off? Are you upset? No, um, I'm not upset, but it might be worse. I'm like a bit apathetic about their off season, where um, you know. But like, I'm of two minds, you know. Like, one of it's like, do you really want to sort of mortgage like everything and try to sort it out this year? And there's great arguments for that. Number one is like the NFC is down. You know, like you probably have uh, you know the the Rams, the Packers, maybe, but their off season's not been great. Uh, the Niners could be good, but they're going to have sort of that unknown at quarterback still. And then, you know, the Buccaneers, they still have Tom Brady back, but he's going to be 73 years old and that, you know, nothing lasts forever. And their team has not gotten, you know, better. Um, so there's certainly arguments to be made for going for it. Um, but like, I don't know if that's the right move. Like everybody's like, look, the Rams did it and they won a Super Bowl. It's like, they were a dropped interception away from not being in the Super Bowl. They barely won the Super Bowl against the Bengals who were, incredibly lucky um to be there you know all things considered so i feel like sometimes we overestimate how much control a team has uh to making it to the super bowl and then like the other part is um shoot i forgot what to say um the other part is like we overrate the off season like quite a bit you know when you so like if you look at the free agents that get signed and you just sort of like daily or, you know, you're F5ing during, you know, the early days of free agency and you see this guy signed and you see this guy signed, you're like, wow, wow, this is all crazy. And then you go to sort of like a free agency tracker and you go around the league and you're like, I'm really not that impressed with what that many teams have done. Um, so like, I, I, I just find myself worrying less about free agency. Um, you know, do I wish they were more aggressive? You know, the last time we signed anybody big was what, like Brandon Carr a decade ago. Um, but, like, it just – I don't think that's how teams usually make, like, large leaps. Like, the Rams were better last year because they went and got a quarterback that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cowboys obviously don't need a quarterback, despite what probably some um, silly people think about it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I don't know. I, I mean, the, the Mari Cooper thing is a little bit – that has me puzzled a little bit because I didn't value – I didn't um, – think that less of them as obviously the 31 other teams did. So I was a little shocked by that. And I still, I'm still not quite sure how, you know, if that's the right move, but you know, I, I understand what they're doing and, and I'm okay with it and everything, but I feel like a lot of the things they were doing are, are fine. I don't have any problems with it. I, I think they brought back a lot of, uh, a lot more players. They got themselves a lot more depth. People are talking about, well, they don't do anything for agency, so they better, they better land this draft. Well, they got some, you know, they did a lot to solidify their depth this year. So I don't like, they don't need to like completely, 
you know, just kill it, you know, crush the draft. I, I, I feel like they're they're in better shape than a lot of people give them credit for. And I just, you know, I, I definitely don't want to get in that mode to where you're just, this is our windows now. We got to do it. You know, this, we have to just all in. The NFC is nothing. Let's just do this right now. And because then you'd start doing that and then you're going to find yourself, you know, recuperating for the next two years as you're trying to dig out of these holes that you put yourself in. So I'm, I'm one of those fans that has no issues with the way that they're operating. I, I know the stats behind free agency and, you know, it's it's money. It's not a good way to spend money. So, I have no problem with it at all. That they're just kind of like doing what they do. Yeah, the Amari Cooper one's the only sort of like brain scratcher because like, were we good enough to win the Super Bowl last year? It's like obviously not because we didn't. Um, and are we good enough now? It's like probably not because we're certainly not better without Amari Cooper. And the only issue, I think, the biggest issue I have with not having Amari Cooper is like, boy, does it feel like when that draft rolls around that if like all those wide receivers are gone before 24 or you're left with one that's, you know, maybe not a great fit on the offense and like you have to take one because now like I was listening to, I don't know, maybe I can't remember what I was listening to some, one of the million Cowboys podcasts out there. Um, and they're like, yeah, you want to go into week one with like, uh, you know, Oh, it's a draft show. If um, you know, if like CD lamb, God forbid, you know, gets hurt. Um, for just like a couple weeks early in the season, it's like, well, Gallup is definitely not going to be be available week one. So you go into week one, it's like James Washington um, is your best receiver. Um, and that part is absolutely terrifying. Um, so that's the only part I don't love is leaving them. This is the one time they've, I feel like they've left themselves like pretty vulnerable heading into the draft for in recent years where it's like, we have to get this specific dude where the last few years, it's just been like, you just hang out and wait and take whoever it is you want. And this year feels a bit uh, to, uh, opposite of that, you know? Yeah, and that's definitely true. I mean, if, if they get hit with, you know, if something happens to the lamb and then Gallup's still, you know, recovering, it's going to be a, a pretty big hit uh, to the, the wide receiver group. But I, I feel they know that this is a deep class of wide receivers. They know they're going to get get somebody that they like that is going to be able to play, you know, and, and fit into their their starting lineup, uh, whether that happens on day one or, or day two. or So I, I think they're confident about that. Um, I, I kind of would have liked them to re-sign Malik Turner. I felt like he, you know, he, well, he said he's our number five last year, and he just didn't get opportunities because, I mean, look at what we just were so stacked at receiver. But now, you know, things are a little different, and I don't know what he ended up signing with uh, how much he ended up gotten get with San Francisco. But I, to me, I think he would be a, a nice, a, you know, a nice depth guy to have. Um, so that guy was so good at training camp last year when yes. we were out there. And I was like, I was like, who is this dude? That's like, I was like, that's Malik Turner. And I swear to God, he caught like five out of eight passes. Um, but not like they threw him eight passes, but like he caught like five passes in practice basically in a row. Um, and I was like, who the heck is this guy? Well, He's you, out of his mind. You know, every year they have like like eight guys that are just like a lot of undrafted free agents. And, and everyone's got their own favorite wide receiver. And like none of them is ever going to make the team. But we all still like them. So. But I tell you what, I think, you know, we knew Turner was going to – he was – the way he was playing, I – you know, I'm not surprised at all that he was going to make this team. And, you know, I know – No, he's he, good. Yeah, he was good. So, and I think that's, it's weird. It's kind of, we had an abundance of talent, a wide receiver last year. And then now we have, you know, but then who knows? Maybe, maybe Fihoku is somebody that's going to catch passes. I mean, who? Yeah, my, my only problem with him is like, he's like one of those old prospects, you know, he was like 24, I think last year. 
Um, I'm just not like a big fan of the older dudes coming to the NFL just because, you know, if you're 24, you're, especially when you're an athlete, you're sort of more of a finished product than a dude who's like 20, 21 that comes in. Um, so I, I hope, I hope that happens, obviously. Um, yeah, it's just wild, man. You go into last year, it's like, we have all the receivers in this year. I'm like, okay, we have uh, two receivers, you know, like two receivers that I really like. Um, and that's, that's, that's it. And one of them's hurt. So it's not great. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great. Yeah. I mean, James Washington's not, not a bad, you know, reserve, you know, no, yeah, he's fine. But if he ends up having to be your number, like he's likely, you know, if you don't get another receiver ahead of time, like he probably enters as like your number two receiver. Um, and I'd rather have Cedric Wilson, you know, for example, as my number two receiver, just cause he felt so reliable, um, versus James Washington, who at least in a new offense and, which is uh, should be a better offense given, you know, the quarterback he's been playing with and sort of the situation he's been in. And he certainly has shown flashes. It's just, um, I don't know, man. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow. If you're looking at the depth chart at wide receiver right now, it's, it's not great. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, well, all that's going to be moot because come draft time, the Cowboys are going to get themselves a new wide receiver. So let's uh, let's move on to the draft. And um, I wanted to ask you, let's just start with on day one. What is, what are some guys you love? Um, what I mean, right now, what is your absolute favorite pick 24? I think my favorite, if it's magically possible, would be Jamison Williams. And the reason I say that is the Cowboys haven't had like a fast receiver since Joey Galloway, Rocket Ismail. Is that the last time we had like an actually fast wide receiver? I mean, Des Bryant wasn't slow. Miles Austin wasn't slow. Terrell Owens wasn't slow. But none of them were like scary fast. Um, So like having that guy who can just sort of, we just don't have the guy who lines up and just sort of scares uh, you know, scares the other team where they're like, okay, like we are terrified of this guy because he will run right past us. It's sort of like we were so scared of Tyree Kill at the end of that uh, Chiefs, you, you know, the halftime play. We were so scared of them beating us deep that they threw it to a 10-yard pass. They scored from 50, 60, whatever yards out. It was horrible. Um, we don't need to beat that into the ground. But I want somebody terrifying. And I also love that that guy was such a maniac that he'd be on punt coverage, just like lighting dudes up. Um, despite, um, 
you know, um, being the best receiver on the team. And then, you know, Alabama was going to win that national championship because they could not guard Jamison Williams. And so watching a guy just dominate a defense that is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know enough about college football to say where that defense ranks all time, but it was certainly terrifying and they could have, you know, five plus guys go in the top, you know, 35, 40 picks, whatever. Um, and he was, he was the best player on the field um, on a field that had, you know, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Lewis Seen, uh, Wyatt. Um, I forget the defensive tackle's name, Carter, I think. That's going to come out Jordan. next year. Oh, cool. yeah, the ne- next year. Uh, yeah, um, just absolute monsters. And he was the scariest dude on the field. So I think that's sort of like my pipe dream pick. Um, what What about you? Well, it's interesting. Though, um, so when I did, first did my, like when I start to do my draft, you know, look, looking through the, watching film of, of players, and I just do this like this first impression where I don't like to, I have no influence at all, and I just try to stack them. And and uh, Jameson was number one receiver for me. It just the way, he, I mean, he he looked amazing. And and I actually at the time, I don't watch I don't watch college football during the regular season. I just I don't even look at that until I start doing draft study stuff. So I wasn't even aware that he had had an injury. Um, so but you know when he was healthy, I don't I think he's I think he's the best receiver. I don't and. Uh, there's a lot of people aren't really talking a whole lot about him. I mean, I, I know he's still projected to go round one, but everyone's got all these other guys projected ahead of him. So I think he's an interesting, you know, prospect to keep tabs on because he could totally end up being like the best guy from those. So my favorite is the guy I had ranked right behind him, which is Chris Olave. And I, uh, it's similar to, to, to Jameson is, I uh, just the tape just impressed me so much, and I just and I and I really want somebody who's just so such a fundamentally sound route runner, especially since you know the Cooper's now gone. But I just, I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching Alave, and like, there's just like guys not anywhere near him. I mean, he's just got creates so much separation, and 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 you know he does got good wheels, and um, so there there's a lot that I love about Chris Alave. I I would probably say he's similar to, as far as like my my dream pick he's one of my um dozen or so first round graded players so i would be i would be ecstatic if they took him the only thing about that is there's so many receivers i love later that and, and i start to kind of play that selfish game where i want the best of this and this and then it's like well maybe i wouldn't want receiver in round one um because of that but lave would is my my favorite target I- I think Olave, um, I he he's like sort of like my, like the handful of dudes at twenty four that I feel super comfortable with, um, and I think for all of the reasons that you said, um, where he just feels like he can step in and operate in an NFL offense without, you know, needing a bunch of ramp time because how he wins is sort of like in a technical sort of manner. Um, my only concern with him is like no sort of similar to Amari, just like limited on the yak. You know what I mean? Um, So I'm torn between like, if it was 24, for example, and like Olave and Traylon Burks are on the board, I'm going to assume Jamison Williams is gone. Like I know that uh, Olave's faster than Burks. Um, I know he probably fits the offense and what Dak wants better. Um, But like, I think I like, I can't make up my mind between the two uh, just because, like Traylon Burks will put a dude in the dirt and then just like keep running. Um, and I just, we need like, we need big plays. So like, I, I think a lot of it is going to be like, you need seven yards. Like he's going to get you eight yards, you know? And I think there's a ton of value in that, but I also think there's probably more value in a guy who's going to 
break that tackle and um, on a sort of regular basis. So, but I was, uh, you know, on the other hand, Traylon Burks's uh, workouts were so sort of, you know, uh, pedestrian that maybe he's not going to be able to do that at the next level the way, you know, we once thought he was going to be able to. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see how the, the wide receiver position shape, you know, shape out throughout the draft. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know who the Cowboys favorite target is. And if that's the direction they would go, are there, if they, if what, if they don't go wide receiver, is there any other player that's kind of like next on your wish list? Um, I mean, so like the short list for me is, you know, like, Oh, like one of the receivers, whoever they like the best, that's there. That's probably like my favorite just because it's like we really need a wide receiver who can step in and play right away. So removing any of the receivers, um, I think like, I I think I just want Tyler Lindenbaum, excuse me, Tyler Lindenbaum. Like I know we sort of have a center. I know that it's probably better if we got a guard to play, um, you know, because we don't really have a left guard right now. Um, I, I understand all of that. I just like all anybody talks about is how awesome he is. And like, yeah, but he's kind of small, but it's like, yeah, but he's really good. Right. He's got like the best center tape anyone's ever seen. Um, so I, I think I just, I like the idea of him. And then if not him, you know, the usual Zion Johnson, um, sort of thing, I guess it would be sort of like my short, like my short list of players I want. Yeah. I, I think with the Linderbaum thing too, is like, it'd be great to have and uh, you know, he's obviously he's really talented, and you know, there, there that solves your center position. Um, I just feel, and this isn't the way you should be looking at things, but I feel like, well, then what do you do with Biotish? And it's like that's kind of wasteful. You certainly so he's now a reserve. Um, so what do you? How can you max out the interior offensive line? And so I, I really love Zion. So I got Zion ranked, I think 16th is where I got him. Um, I would be be happy with him at 24. I think he's one of the few guys in that range uh, where the Cowboys could pick that, that I could kind of envision like, yeah, I could see him being a, a, a pro bowler. Um, I, I, I think that's just his athleticism and his just the, you know, he's just so fundamentally sound and that there's a lot of upside to him too. And, and obviously it's a position of need. I don't really like to, to spend high premium draft picks on, those types of, you know, you know, like KDs, like the money five, that's where you want to go. That's why wide receiver, it makes perfect sense to, to go that direction. Um, but yeah, that's my biggest problem is like, how many, how many first round picks do we have to have to have a good offensive line? This is absurd. Nobody does this except for apparently us. Um, and it, it's just like, at some point, it's kind of the problem. Like I know everybody wanted the Cowboys to fire Joe Philbin and uh, hire Mike Munchak in the off season, which is not something I would necessarily be opposed to, but it's like, if we can't get a guard, for example, in the second or third round and have him, like, he doesn't even need to be good right away. He just sort of needs to be, like, average and then build up to be good. Like, if we cannot do that, then we're doing something wrong as an organization because nobody else needs five first-round picks on the uh, at the offensive line in order to be good. So that's sort of where I'm like, you know, like, if Linderbaum, for example, which is sort of against myself, like, I think he's just so much better than Biotish. Like, I don't, what is Biotish good at? Like, he's not strong. He doesn't do, you know, he's, like, okay at the second level. He's, like, like he's, like, in his wildest dreams, he wants to be Linderbaum. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm less concerned about replacing Tyler Biotish, um than I am just finding, like, somebody who can make this work. And maybe our guards suck because our center's not that good. Um, 
sorry, guards. I shouldn't say guards. I only mean one guard because obviously Zach Martin is a perfect we, angel who never does anything wrong. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but, so anyway, I, I go ahead. But also the same could be true. It's like maybe our center sucks because our guard. I mean, so I don't know. I, I really you think right. you, you you could go if you go Zion or you go Linderbaum. I really think that you're probably going to make you know strengthen the interior because you're going to give help. I, I, I wonder what Biotish would be if he had a better person to his left. And uh, um, so, yeah. It... I was listening to the uh, athletic podcast with Robert Mays. And he had um, uh, Brandon Thorne on who and basically everybody on football Twitter should be following, obviously um, offensive line genius. And he was like, you draft Zion Johnson and you just basically plug him in for a decade plus and he's going to be ready to go. Um, so like if we pick Zion Johnson over Tyler Linderbaum, like I would, it's not, I would not throw a pen. There would be no fits being had. I'd just be like, all right, that's a good pick. Like he's going to start at left guard and let's, let's go. Yep. Um, so I've got no qualms. I just, I worry about spending that much capital over and over on interior like line play, um, you know, but um would that help Dak? Like how many times was he getting crushed, like straight up the middle? It's like, so, you know, I don't, I don't know the right answer. And this is the other thing is I get older. Um, I'm less riled up about draft picks. And I think we should all learn a little bit from like last year, because I don't know where you stood on the Micah Parsons thing, but I know that most Cowboys Twitter was absolutely furious when Sertan was gone. And like Sertan was awesome last year. He's going to be awesome forever. When I trade Micah Parsons for uh, Patrick Sertan's like not, not in a million years would I trade Micah Parsons. And there were not that many Cowboys fans who were excited to have him last year. So um, I'll, I'll just sort of let it come and see how it rolls when we head out to training camp this year. No, th- that's absolutely right too. And I, you know, I, I'll just, I'll own it. Um, I, I didn't want anything to do with Parsons. I mean, I, I at 12, I, you know, I wanted, I wanted Patrick Sertain and obviously when he's gone, then that's, I didn't want J.C. Horn. I wasn't big on J.C. Horn like a lot of people were, but I figured then then it's obvious then Rashawn Slater's are is the is the pick. That's and then um and then it was Parsons and I, I honestly I, I was so disgusted by it and I feel bad now because I'm just what terrible shows you what I know. But I was like I was not even looking forward to day two. I'm like you know they just pissed this draft away, <laughs> blew their best, yeah. and so that's where I was. But yeah. What do, what do I know? Um, yeah, we don't know anything. It's we great. Don't, we don't know the anything. the best part but... about this whole thing. Yeah. So since we don't know anything, let's share that, uh, you know, not knowing knowledge to uh, others. And let's, let's bounce around to day two. And uh, I want you to tell me who would be your biggest Trayvon-like steal that could be possibly reasonably be available that you would just be super happy about at 56. Okay. So I did some research on this when you sent me um, things that we we're going to talk about. So I immediately... I asked this question to the draft show like two days ago. It did not get a response. Um, and I think it's a really difficult thing to answer because if we, nobody thought Trayvon Diggs was going to be available. All right. Cause like that was, we were mad that he was likely going to be our first round pick. Like that was felt like locked in for a while. I was like, yeah, the Cowboys going to take Trayvon Diggs and that's who you're going to get. And we're like, yeah, man, I feel like I'd like him at 25, but at 17, that seems like a bit rich. So, I headed to, um, I just was thinking in my brain, like, who's who's a player that was once in favor and is less in favor now than he used to be? And the answer to that is N'Kobe Dean. So if you go to if you go to Grinding the Mocks, um, which is a site run by a dude, I think his name's like Benjamin Robertson. Um, like, Diggs started, um, like, 
the, the furthest line back, like in 2019, because he got drafted in 2020, he was like 18 to 20 ish, something like that. And then as the draft got closer, he dipped a little bit and then popped back up to round 32. And if you go look at the same exact one for, um, for Nicobe Dean, it is the same sort of trajectory. Um, he started a little bit higher in the mock drafts than Diggs, but it has dropped, like, not precipitously, and it's not like he's done anything wrong. Um, I just think that, you know, people who love college football and, like, you watch him on tape and he's, like, just seems to know everything all the time. Um, but his measurables aren't, you know, like, out of this world. He's sort of um, not, you know, he's not the biggest dude on the planet. He's certainly not the fastest dude on the planet. Um, so anyway, my answer, my, my super long answer is <clears throat> Nicobe Dean would be like the dream scenario, you know, the blinking red light that they talk about that they would, they wanted to draft somebody else, but they cannot possibly pass up on him. And, you know, we secretly, maybe not so secretly, like really need, uh, another linebacker because we want Micah Parsons rushing the passer, you know, like on a pretty frequent basis. And all we have back there is like Jabril Cox, who's coming off a ACL injury, and Leighton Vanderesh, who's on a one-year deal and has not been, you know, I would describe him as average right now. Um, so anyway, that's my that's my super long answer, Nicobe Dean. I really like how you uh, your thought process there because you know that I mean that's how you sniff these things out is you you look for the players like that. That's uh, I, I you know I would never think that Nicobe could could fall that far in. And I don't think he will, but, um, you know, somebody's gonna, you know, somebody is, they always do. And uh, that, I mean, that would, I would just be ecstatic if somehow the campus yeah. came, a, came away with uh, Dean. After the national championship and like the college football playoffs, I was like, yeah, I'll take Dean, you know, wherever we are in the first round. Like, I don't even think he's going to make it to us. Um, and again, it's not an easy answer just because these dudes aren't supposed to make it to you. Like CD lamb was not supposed to be there at 17 for us. Um, you know, so it's not like a super rare thing. I mean, it's uncommon, but it's not impossible that these players just, for some reason, um, you know, people do weird things in the NFL draft. The Chloe and Farrell went fourth or whatever to the Raiders, which was bizarre. Like, bizarre things happen on a regular basis. It's why, you know, we sit and watch a four-hour draft on Thursday night, despite having probably better things to do with our lives. Like, we just love watching it. Um, so, Nicobe Dean, uh, come on down. Uh, to the Cowboys at that time, please. Yeah, I would definitely, I would be happy with that. I, I actually, my pick is not as good as yours, um, but it's all, it's uh, in the same um, idea of, you know, helping the Cowboys. I, I, I like uh, Alabama's linebacker, you know, Christian Harris. Uh, I don't, I don't have him ranked as high as, as Nicobe Dean, but I think that he's got, to me, like he's sitting there, like, I think I have him, I'm looking right now. Um, he is... I, I got him. Oh, 32. I have him the last, the last pick. That's where, that's where he sits in my rankings. Um, so, and I think that I, I could see people maybe taking like, uh, um, Quay Walker, you know, ahead of him. A lot of people have Quay Walker ahead of him. And, uh, so I, I think he, I could see, uh, Harris fallen and, um, but yeah, he's not as, that's not as dreamy as your, as your scenario, but uh, I, I do think it would, it would be helpful to have a, a a linebacker you can you can start immediately and be able to rely on, so you can kind of just let Micah be Micah and uh, 
plus like i'm imagining you know this is the bit this is the pipe dream right you're like on third and 12 and it's like you throw the ball short and there's there's no way there's no way anyone's getting there if Micah Parsons and Nicobe Dean are running around like maniacs. It's just, it's, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. Um, so yeah, that's the dream. Christian Harris. Um, I would be, I would be less excited than you for that pick. Um, I, I don't know enough about college football, so I'm not trying to pretend that I'm out here like grinding tape all day, every day. Um, I just, I don't, I'm not, that, that wouldn't excite me as much. I'd be more excited about like, if you know, you went like Zion Johnson in the first round or Linderbaum or whatever, like you got wiped out at receiver. That if like Sky Moore, who I know is like a requisite mention for uh, Cowboys podcast because Jeff Cavanaugh has burned it all into our brain. But I'd be like much, I'd be much more excited about someone like that showing up at uh, fifty or like maybe Lewis Seen, the safety. Like I know we don't technically need a safety, um, but you know that's a guy that's usually going round, you know, end of the first round or like Dax Hill. Mm-hmm. You know the safeties that we never take. By the way, the guys who like you know. Um, you look at every mock draft and it's like, oh, look at all these safeties. And then you get to the NFL draft and the NFL is like, yeah, actually we hate safeties. And then we sit there and we pass on, on them in the second and third rounds. Um, so something like that would be, uh, you know, sort of a consolation prize if my N'Kobe Dean, when he go when N'Kobe Dean gets drafted like 49, I'm going to freak out and um, smash my TV. Yeah, you know, that's interesting about the safeties is they're all kind of grouped there too. And, you know, there are a few of them that I would be happy with, you know, taking a 56 too. And, uh, but you're absolutely right. The NFL doesn't like them, and especially the the Cowboys don't like them. So I don't even know if I want like um, like Jalen Petrie to you know that's that's the guy. I, you know Dax Hill, that you know that'd be fantastic. And uh, but they, I don't want them to get there and then the Cowboys not take them. And so then I'd just say, I mean, oh. just don't don't hold your breath. Dude. It's just it's never going to happen. Uh, We're never going to draft a safety. But what's funny is this is probably the first year in since Gerald Sensabaugh maybe where I wasn't heading into the draft being like. God, we better get a safety because Which is we don't ex- have any. Exactly why we're going to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we don't need it. This will be the time they do it. That would be so funny. Like, yeah, our safeties are actually pretty good. They were really good last year. It's one of the best uh, positional units on the team. So, yeah, here we go. We're going to draft one in the second round. We're going to trade up for one in the second round. That would be so like them to do that because, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm actually pleased, feel very comfortable with safety. I, I like the fact that they, they took care of that because we know they're not going to do that during the draft. And, um, you know, so that, so it it would only be fitting that they turn around and, and and do that. Like, does does anybody think Malik Hunker can play seventeen games in the NFL season? It's like, oh, I just man. I don't. That's the I don't problem. think that's I I don't think it's possible. Um, I hope I'm wrong, and I you know he's he's like twenty five still. Like we talked about you know uh, Simi Fahoku a little bit ago, and I'm like, yeah, he was like twenty four when he came out. They're basically the same age, and Malik Hooker's been in the NFL for like it feels like a decade. The dude's been in there since I oh yeah, just a, a long time somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was healthy last year. I mean, that's that's promising. And of course, the Cowboys did have like a abundance of depth at safety to where you got like all kinds of people, um, you know, sharing the reps and stuff. So, and I don't really know who they have past Kirsten and, and Hooker. I mean, well, they have, they have Donovan Wilson still. And, um, you know, for whatever that's worth, he seems like he's just kind of fading more and more yeah um, he he did fall out of favor but it was just because curse was so good you couldn't get him off the field you know it's like what are you gonna right. do i was he was he was legitimately good right there's just there was no place for for wilson and yeah whereas like um casey and and hooker you know they can you can move them around and just share, share them a little more because you're not taking yeah curse out that's yeah so yeah i'd be interested to see i don't know cowboys safeties i i don't spend a lot of time 
looking at that simply for that reason. But uh, yeah, don't bother. Every year, every for the last like five years, it's all everyone's done is talking about like uh, round two, and it's never gonna ha- it's never gonna happen. So anyway, I will. Uh, s- we wasted a lot of time on that. I will say this though: you say no one, you know, was thought Diggs would make it to. I, I, I back in uh, you know the, in the 2020 draft, I actually predict predicted. I tweeted on on day two that it was round two. These were wishful thinkings, uh, but it was Diggs, and then it was Gallimore. And then they got them both. And uh, I mean, I, I woke up on day two just like super Jack. Please be Trayvon Diggs. Please, you know, I was just hoping he. I knew the Cowboys loved him. And um, you know, I look at the board. I think you know, this, this he's got a shot. And uh, sure enough, he did. And I was just so so excited. I felt much better about Diggs on like day two, like beginning of day one. I was like, this is not happening. Like he he's definitely not going to be like we're going to take him at seventeen. First of all, then we got Lamb, and sort of the rest of the first round shook out. They started like looking at the second round. You're like, he might be there. Like he really might be there. But I didn't, you know, a month ahead of the draft or two weeks ahead of the draft, there was, that was a no chance um, thing that was going to happen that suddenly became like increasingly more likely as the time went on. So anyway, you run enough simulations of something, anything's possible. Right. Yeah. Mutant CD even makes it to you. So, um, all right. So the last, that was fun. The last, uh, last question I have for you before we wrap things up today uh, let's just go to round three, and I want you to tell me uh, your favorite pick at 88, or, or you know, it could even be a position group that you might think has the most offer in that area. I had a really tough time with this. Um, I just, I kind of hate where the Cowboys are in the third round. Like, I feel like the names that I feel like after 75 names in this draft, I'm, I become much less excited about things. Um, which is probably more my problem than other problems. Um, I think tight end, I think this is sort of like the perfect spot for tight end though, where you might have, you might have your pick of the litter. So, you know, I've heard, you know, Jelani Woods is sort of like the the unicorn of the draft where it's like, this guy's, I've heard he can go in the first round. It's like, well, I've heard that he's going to be a fourth round pick and I've heard he's a second round pick and he won't make it to 72 and he won't make it. So Jelani Woods, is, I, I feel like is like my pipe dream pick at what is it 80 88 88 yeah so that's that's my pipe dream pick but also you know you have like kate otten i mean i just feel like uh you got ruckert from ohio state that's just sort of sort of it feels like a sweet spot to get one of the best tight ends in the draft that are all from like bigger schools which we know from your last show and katie's many years is sort of a big thing so i think i think i'm gonna settle on jelani woods and tight end in general um at that pick. What about you? Yeah, no, that's a good, good pick. A good choice. There are, you know, of course, the Cowboys, if you look at their pre-draft visitors, you got that group there and that's like right there, either around three, four, that's right with the sweet spot for that. So I, I could totally see that happening. Um, my best scenario is so, so my sky more of the draft um, is uh, Cincinnati's uh, Alec Pierce. He, I had that. I have that written down. <clears throat> that's like the, that's the other one. If you don't get a receiver in round one or two, like Alec Pierce in the third round, sort of, but I 100% agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I'm trying to get a sense of like where he would go because I don't think he makes it to three. And I think that's it's too, it's a little too steep to go early, you know, with two. But I absolutely love that guy. I think that um, he would be a great pick at that, uh, at that spot. Let me see. So I think like uh, Pro Football Focus has him at like 71. Um, I don't have Dane's thing up right now my internet just died on my laptop so i'm uh, trying to pull it up on my phone 
Um, but I, I have no feel. Like, I feel like that dude could go, like, it would not shock me if he went early in the second round. Um, right. He's so fast. Um, and he's he's big. <clears throat> Whatever. It's not working for me right now, but no big deal. Um, he's big and he's fast and he was super productive on a team that's, you know, they were good, but it's not like they're like a powerhouse sort of, you know, team that exists where they just keep churning out like great players. And you're like, Oh, is that just another great Cincinnati receiver? It's like, no, Cincinnati. I don't know. If they've ever had a great receiver. I, I can't think of a single one that's been awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of like, I wouldn't be mad if they like doubled up, right. If they went like, you know, Olave in round one and they got to round three and even if, you know, Sam Williams is sort of another like popular third round pick, the edge rusher, um, if it was like Sam Williams, Jelani Woods, and Alec Pierce were all available at round three, and they were like, yeah, we're taking Alec Pierce too, I'd be like, awesome. We just remade our entire mm-hmm. wide receiver room um, just like that. And now we have, you know, you have the route runner in Olave, you have the C.D. Lamb who's sort of the jack of all trades, and then you have Alec Pierce who's not unlike Jamison Williams at least, where he's like, he's incredibly fast. Um, and that, yeah, yeah, I love that. Good, good call by you, dude. I'm trying to understand why he's still – ranked where he's at because i mean everything about him just i mean his combine he had a really good combine and i'm trying to like why is he not climbing i don't want him to climb don't get me wrong but uh i just i think i he's a guy i can look at and say you know look back and think you know how do we not see that this guy is going to be you know really good in the nfl and so i would just be really stoked with uh with getting him especially if we don't get if we don't get wide receiver early and there are some some players that you know in round three that I I would be comfortable with st- you know still at wide receiver so um, I would be there's I'm, go ahead I'm less I'm less comfortable on like the third round like I don't really want to wait to the third round to get a receiver and it's not because I don't think they will be good eventually it's just that the thought of them coming in and being like actually good right away feels you know every obviously every round you get is just that hill is so much harder to climb. Um, it just, so I was like, I, I need one. I think I need, I think I have to go wide receiver in the first round. I think I have to go wide receiver in the first round. Yeah. I, I mean, your, your chances of, of hitting is obviously greater because of the, you know, you got some really great options in, on day one, but I don't know. There's, I look at this and I just see it. It's almost like the, the Gallup year where there's just, you got like a dozen or so guys that you know I could feel feel pretty good about. I mean, yeah, it's it, the, there's more risk there, but um, I I don't know that I would be completely upset if they waited that long. I mean, you know, if they addressed other positions, um, but I guess it depends on who who they end up picking at that spot. So somebody terrible for sure. All right, one more question before you you kick me out of here. Um, I want to know who you're going to freak out about and who's the, who gets the Micah Parsons reaction hmm. from Danny Phantom um, at pick 24 this year, where you just lose your mind and you don't even want to watch the rest of the draft. Oh goodness. That's a great question. So um, to try to fit it in. So one, the one guy that I see mocked to us that I, that makes me nauseous is the the offensive tackle. It's, I think it's Tyler Smith. I see. I'm yeah. like, what is going on? Like, I don't have an issue if on 56, but 24, um, yeah, I don't want any part of that. So that, that's, uh, that's one guy that I'm certainly, I hope that's not the case, but to kind of speak towards like that kind of feel of, yeah, there's so many, so many good players in that, in that group. That It seems impossible this year that they mess up at 24. Like 
there's they're not going to be wiped out. Like it's impossible to be wiped out um, at 24 from you know Zion Johnson, one of the receivers, um, Tyler Linderbaum. They're not all going to be gone, so it feels impossible this year to be messed up. Um, but I'm dying. I. I almost want to see it just for the reaction of Cowboys Twitter. If it's somebody that nobody talked about, we're not excited about, and I just, I, I'm kind of a watch of, uh, the world burn. Why kind of would you root uh, for that? I'm not rooting for that. I'm rooting for what I want to happen, but I'm saying at least I would get the hilarity of going to Cowboys Twitter and just watching it melt down for, you know, 24 oh, straight hours. The things you take satisfaction in, I don't. So I I don't know. Uh, what about like a Jabu? What if they took a Jabu? Like what if J- Jerry thought he was being slick and like, oh yeah, well we'll just take one of the best edge rushers and. Um... Awesome, like great. That guy's not going to play this year. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, um, that, that's the more round two motto for them. I was wondering if a Jabu would count for you know lasting to the fifty six. Like would that count as sort of like a dream scenario, or does his was that Achilles? Yeah. Um, Achilles. Does his Achilles make it so that's not sort of an unreasonable expectation anymore? Because he was one of the other guys I bounced around there. Yeah. To me, like I'm okay with the job at 56. I'm not. I mean, and it would be just a you know so Cowboys thing to do. You know, with they're trying to extract value for um, you know, for that pick. And I mean, I uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously, I think 24 would just be crazy that's just oh, okay. reckless uh but i don't I, I don't know where he's going i still see him kind of projected in kind of you know late first early second so um yeah it'd be right. interesting to see so good, good luck to that team <laughs> good luck to that team. all right man i so appreciate you uh jumping on here and uh, talking some draft with me uh it's been a delight it's always a delight talking to you i tell you what when when we were down in camp and you and Rabs were just, you know, you guys were just on, just back, you know, back and forth, and it was it was enjoyable and to to listen to you guys and um, definitely know your stuff and definitely have your opinions and I love that about you and uh, I, it's super cool for you to um, come on and, and hang out with me. Uh, it was a delight, the pleasure. I assure you was all mine, and I would love to come back anytime that you would have me. Absolutely, for sure. Thanks, Tony. No problem. Have a good night, man. How are you too? You know, it was great talking with Tony, and like you know, like I mentioned before, it's just uh, I had a great time with him in in Oxnard, and uh, it's just being able to uh, you know he's got some really strong opinions, and uh, just uh, always always fun to listen to. Just uh... anyway, that is all we have today. Um, I apologize to those who have been anticipating um, John Owning. Um, I'm really hopeful that we will be bringing him on our show. Um, talk with him and uh, he has agreed to to come on and, and talk uh we'll, we'll talk draft stuff like ap- after the draft uh i do appreciate um him taking the time to talk with us but it's uh we might not tell you when it's gonna happen we may just surprise you next time because uh, we don't want to just keep uh building things up like that but uh nonetheless um next week we are going to have we've lined up three draft nicks uh we got uh, the great Landon McCool will be joining us, along with Dalton Miller and uh, BTB's own Connor Lifesey to role-play various front office positions for an epic pre-draft Cowboys mock. It should be a lot of fun. But that is all we have for today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Anything you would like to see us do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. 
And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, Cowboys Hot Topics, favorite draft prospects, or what is your favorite show that you can't wait to watch, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And Rabs is at Rebel Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have Cowboys Away with Mauricio Rodriguez. And Sunday we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check those out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Class dismissed. <laughs>